Okay. Before we start today's show, I just want to apologize for the delay, but there was a very specific reason behind that. Breaking Dirty Sports exclusive expose news. A DSPN investigates bombshell. So basically, we recorded yesterday's episode, and some things we discussed on the episode, we made some discoveries after the episode. As you can hear in uh, the episode, while you listen to it, we talk Jameis Winston and the now famous on our show at Jameis One of One, the book, the troll, the whatever, and... uh, you, if you listen to the episode, you can hear me sort of start talking it out that this can't be just a random person who wrote a 400-page book on Jameis Winston. So we start talking it out. Uh, after the episode, I do a little bit more research, and we come to basically discover where I would say damn near certain here, Andy, that uh, – the guy behind Jameis One of One is the GM of the Bucks. Wild. This is the Brian Colangelo story on steroids. Brian Colangelo tweeted like 50 times from five different counts. The GM of the Bucks has tweeted 22,000 times and published a book in defense of literally one of his draft picks. And in his defense of that draft pick has trashed one of his own coaching hires. Uh, multiple of his player personnel decisions, the overall quality of a team he put together. It's pretty remarkable when you really get down to it. And we didn't want anybody to do the very, very minimal research that we did after hearing us talk about it on the podcast and make the same discovery we did because we wanted to make sure that we uh, screenshotted a lot of tweets um, collected a lot of information because, as you know, when a troll is outed on the internet, they often first block, second go private, and third disappear. And we didn't want to give this online troll an opportunity to do that. So the podcast was held for a day. So basically, we had to go full recon, saving tweets, screenshotting stuff. Again, like Joe said, not tipping our hand so everybody knew what was going on. I've been referred to by multiple people in the last day as Claire Danes on Homeland. I'm in the middle of a schizophrenic breakdown while trying to expose a basically a just an internet troll. Yeah, so what we have done, we've also compiled a video which is available on YouTube. So this will not be in the podcast if you want a full breakdown of how we have connected Jameis one of one as the Tampa Bay Bucks GM. Go watch a video. So in order of how this thing happened, listen to the podcast. That's the snowball starting to form. Watch the video. That's us packing the snowball uh, and, and delivering it in a face shot. And now this is just sort of our recap and an apology as to why th- this was held. But it is a wild tale uh, certainly on par with the Brian Colangelo burner, the Kevin Durant burner, except instead of just a burner account, this guy has put together a book in defense 
of Jameis Winston. The whole thing is wild. It's absolutely nuts, and we'll see what happens with it. And, uh, and I want to add something before we get started, Andy, that we didn't say on our video, but that you and I discussed last night. We have no interest in ruining the GM of the Bucks' life. We don't care if he gets fired or not fired. We don't. We're not trying to out uh, Jameis Winston or Bruce Arians as a part of some major conspiracy. We're just pointing out that we basically were trolled by somebody. We literally were like, who in their right mind would ever spend their life, their life's work, defending Jameis Winston? And when you really sit down and do the conspiracy, which is follow the money, where does the money lead? It could only lead to one person, one person whose livelihood basically depends on whether or not Jameis Winston is a success. And when we followed that lead, uh, it led us to Jason Light, the GM of the Bucks. Uh, I'm a Giants fan, and we play the Bucks, you know, once every few years. So I'm totally fine with uh, horrific GMs who spend the majority of their life as an internet troll doubling down repeatedly on Jameis Winston, keeping jobs in the NFL. I'm Tampa Bay, please let the man keep his job. Yeah. Like Joe said, this isn't some mean vindictive thing it's just this guy we are not cancel culture here. yeah we're not this guy was trolling us we extend did, culture we're extend culture we did some research and we discovered that Jameis one of one is the tampa bay bucks gm it's an absolutely wild story and we hope you guys enjoy it watch the video share the video and uh enjoy the the funniest nfl story like the first ever NFL story that involves a GM masquerading as a pencil drawing of Jameis Winston and putting together a 400-page book that calls out media bias against the biggest bust since Marcus Russell. All right. With that being said, time to start the show. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host on my left, Joey. No chill, pray no. Hello, Andrew T. Ruther. I'm going to start off a little somber today. We do Uh-oh. not have twerks with wolves. The wildfires. The wildfires got him. He We got him. He was unable to make the drive because crazy wildfires again out here. The uh, the roads were closed. It's very untwerks with wolves like. He should have thought about his native past and hiked through the, through the woods. Well, that's what I was thinking, man. He's got the Native American blood in him. Yeah. He couldn't make it through the fires. You know? Not to make excuses, but come on. Classic twerks. I told him he should have taken some of his white claw and put out the How fires. How bad are these fires right now? Like, They're pretty bad. Is he in danger up there? Because he had to evacuate recently. 
I but don't. He's not evacuating. He just can't get out. Now he can't travel. I, yeah, I think it's more it's more suspicious than the Jameis Winston story that we'll get to later. <laughs> a lot of holes in this twerks with wolves. He's evacuated, but he can't leave. No, I don't. I think I think the problem is they've closed off. You're suspect. <laughs> you're calling him suspect. I'm calling. At some point, every every intern gets you suspect. Yeah. The fires are on the 405, right? Yeah. By the Getty. So he technically doesn't live there. He's up in Malibu Palisades. with Palisades. Yeah. So I guess maybe some roads were closed off. I don't know. I can't keep track of these fires anymore. Yeah. A lot of fire. The whole outside smells down here. It smells like a giant I was, I was in the valley. Fire. I was in the valley end of last week, and coming back, it was just, it was just like... The whole, like, highway and everything, it just had, like, a yellow tint over it. It, it, it. There was just a smoke cover. Yeah. It was like the sun was just shining through this yellow tint. Do I need to bring back my Waze tweet to get, to, uh, <laughs> to get back on Australian uh, newspapers yeah, shit like that? To troll more people? Yeah, you should. I actually, I got a DM last week about a video I posted last year. They're trying to make a law where street vendors don't have to have as strict, you know, they don't have to have as, I guess, as strict guidelines to sell. As restaurants. To sell the street hot dogs. Right. And remember I posted that video before the Rams game last year where, like, asshole cops came in and there was a bunch of workers basically selling the hot dog stands outside of the Coliseum. And they were, yeah. like, just they were just knocking them over. Right. And I posted that, and somebody reached out to me like, "Were you?" And you got a lot of like, MAGA folks in the things being like, "Get a real license yeah. to sell." Yeah, exactly. Lock them up. Lock them up. But this, this was lock them up. Came back to haunt them, huh? <laughs> yeah. That was pretty amazing. At the the World Series last night, just tits out, lock them up, chance the Ruther curse. Is this an all-time Ruther curse? I mean, it's all an all-time Ruther curse. Like you're, it's unbelievable what you're able to do. I, Lock you up. Lock him up. <laughs> Lock him up. You should be like fucking Magneto in X Men. They should put you in a box where you can't, like in a in a glass plastic box, so that you can't curse other people's teams. Literally, there are fans of our show that watch, and they're they're. Going like, wait, he just guaranteed my team's gonna win, and th they fucking want to kill themselves. They're three and zero since you since you marked them as dead. Not just zero percent chance. Not just three and zero. Yeah, like they're easily winning these games. Yeah. Now I am a Mets fan, so I am vehemently against the NL East. So whatever happens, you cannot make any predictions on what's going to happen in the World Series from here on out, unless it's. I'm sticking with my claim that the Astros have no chance. Well, Don't do it. I see you. I see you. I see your <laughs> lip quivering over there. Lock him up. You're, you're gonna, we're going to have to do like a fucking Hannibal Lecter thing on you where you're like muzzled. <laughs> a ball gag in your mouth during playoffs. I have a ball gag. Good. Put it in your mouth. Stop cursing teams. I, I believe it was Bo Blaha who sent that to me in the mail. I have a pink ball gag somewhere in my closet. Incredible. Dirtball sent some weird shit. Yeah. 
So I was telling somebody about that the other day. This girl was like, wait a second. Your podcast listeners have your address. And I was like, you know, you can find anybody's address. She's like, but, but seriously, you don't worry? She's like, just get a P.O. box. I go, nah. It's too late now. Yeah. It's too late for you to get a P.O. box. Your address is all over the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It's too late. It's too late. Also, like you said, people can find your I I worry, though. I for sure worry. About you or me? About everybody. I mean, I, I feel like I antagonize more people than you do. But you're also now cursing full teams. So somebody could angrily come out. But I always think, like, I, I'm, I'm certain that I'm going to die by, like, some angry sniper on the roof of uh, the Hotel Irwin for some, like, anti-military or anti-God shit, I say. Some Jesus-loving former Marine sniper is going to shoot me coming out my back door. Because he's like, I'll show you kneeling while the fucking anthem plays. It might be Jameis one of one. Yeah. He, he considers himself a, a Jesus-loving guy. Once again, we'll get to that later we'll in the show. We'll get that. We got to tease the Jameis. You, you, think, you think you've heard enough about Jameis one of one. You think we were, we were over it. We were. We were totally over it. This guy is a ludicrous, crazy person. But now it's come full circle. There is a conspiracy theory, and uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. We have some hot takes. By the way, just to tease it. A. Millie is the one that exposed fucking, what's her name? Spunky. Spunky. And once again. A. Millie. A. Millie's like a fucking, he's got like, he's got, he's got, he can sniff out a rat. I agree. I I think A. Millie, he's, what correspondent? What will we title him? The rat correspondent. The rat sniffer. (laughs) And he's been with us, you know, basically five years. He's been with the show from the start. Yeah. Our, 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 Our Bayou guy He's down like Captain there Captain Fugazi when he sees a fucking Fugazi he can fucking <laughs> He's like that's a Fugazi a fucking Fugazi a Fugazi That's a great point Prano he did call out the spunky thing with the infamous sp- post a picture holding a spoon and a fork <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Which by the way I fucking u- Captain Fugazi Well I've used that I've used that on girls I think that are trying to like catfish me when I've been on dating sites I've used Send this- a picture with a fork Yeah They'll be like, what? I go, send me a picture right now of you holding a fork. It's nothing sexual. Has it happened? Have you gotten girls to do that? Or are those the ones that disappear? I have gotten girls to do that. I'm just like, okay, just making sure. Captain Fork. Captain Fugazi. Fucking A. Millie down there. Yeah. But we'll, but we'll get to that. A. Millie's gone down in the fucking swamp. Came out with some fucking gators. It's almost like the show. I don't know if you ever watched. I you used- know where you find catfish, by the way? Fucking the muddy swamps. I know. Yeah. Old catfish hunter. Did you ever watch the show Swamp People? We need we need a catfish hunter uh, baseball card with A. Millie on it. <laughs> I think A. Millie was in the Little League World Series. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. You ever watch the show Swamp People? No. It's about people who live down, the, down bayou by the swamp and catching alligators. Yeah. Because you know there's a season where you... I mean I'm watching LSU season. Is that what we're talking about? Fuck me a gator. <laughs> LSU's number one now, man. Are they? Fuck yeah. You know what's crazy? I've never seen college football like this, where teams don't lose, but there's so many good teams that... Quality of wins is moving the rankings around? Yeah. So LSU's one, Bama's two, and then Ohio State's right there. Ohio State's beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Top 10, top 15 teams. It's crazy, man. They play, they have a bye, but LSU, Bama, 
a week from this Saturday. Got it. Both both teams have buys? No. I'm not sure. Uh, LSU has a buy. That's what you're saying. LSU has a buy and then Bama? I think. That works out pretty nicely. Wild, right? Yeah. Um, But I want to get back to the World Series. Let's do it. Let's I, get back to the World I, Series. I can't believe that you did this. I mean, I really destroyed the Nationals. Yeah. I mean, I said it. I was saying to you before the show. I was saying because we've seen this Astros team. Now, last year, weren't they up? Two, were they up 2-0 on the Red Sox and then lost four straight? I don't remember. Either way, the uh, this Astros team in the World Series against the Dodgers, throughout this like mini run that they've had, they have been a team that can you know, you just go on tears, hitting bunches, unless unless they're out. You know, it ain't over till it's over with this Astros team. And I was just I was just getting ready to like start talking about that when you cut me off last episode. Two episodes ago and we're like, Nope, zero percent chance. Zero percent chance they win. Yeah. Zero. They're done. They're getting you said they're getting swept. It's remarkable. I just I felt momentum. Uh, obviously, I was Scherzer wrong. fucking gets scratched. Like you are. I mean, I didn't. You're like you're like taking guys out. You're like ending livelihoods at this point. Yeah. Like Scherzer's family now has to deal with a debilitating disc injury because of you. Trump showed up to the game because of me. Yeah. It was not going to happen. Previously, I heard. I mean, the 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 speaking of Trump, the one good thing is you've guaranteed his victory. In the next election, minus impeachment, yeah, you've guaranteed it. So yeah, I have. He's that, gonna, he's that, gonna. That, win. For for all the liberals out there, they're excited that you put your stink on Donald Trump. He's gonna win again, regardless. <laughs> That's one. I, that, I'm more confident of that one than I was of the Astros getting swept. I mean, you said zero percent chance. Yeah. Okay. I mean, how much more confident can you be? <laughs> <laughs> Hot takes gone wrong. <laughs> I mean, are they not going to put us on freezing cold takes? Come on, guys. <laughs> I, 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 I tagged you. You're Mr. Freeze at this point. I mean, come on, Fred. I had you on the show. I should send him a text. Like, come on, man. Could this be more of a wrong take? It's on film, me saying 0% chance. I, I, didn't, we, didn't we do an Andy Ruther is Mr. Freeze once before? I think we might have. <laughs> Remember Mr. Freeze had all, like, the terrible puns? I need, I need to start getting... The Ruther Freeze terrible puns. I'll tell you what. There's there's gonna be a lot more cold takes. Although my cold takes, I feel I'm not like, saying my Nationals take was cold, but my nipples are hard. Hey, Freezing cold, Ruther. Hey man, titties came out. Or, or am I gonna get any credit for the girls showing their uh, their breasts? I don't know. Were you responsible for that at all? It could be. Somebody blowing somebody out here. Like what's going? On? Do you want me to close that, Andy? No, he'll be, do, he'll be done in a second. Okay. I feel does. like I feel like normally you would have gotten up and done it already, but you've got got your earphones on today, so you're sort of tethered to the couch. No, he's just he just blows the stuff, which does nothing. This is what he does every day. Okay. If it's still annoying you, I can. No, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. We don't have Aaron again. We don't. This is where this is where Aaron will come yeah. in handy. But he's currently battling wildfires. This guy's taking it up to eleven out there. This guy's it, going it, fucking. It, this guy's going fi- spinal tap. It's funny because he normally is done by now, and I feel like now he's just trolling me. You, 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 Andy Ruther cursed the the leaf blower guy. You like he'll be done every any second. He's like today I stay twice as long, and I take it to eleven. 
You know, the thing is, though, I don't even know if the listeners can hear. A lot of times. Probably not. A lot of times they can't hear. Yeah, probably not. I mean, they can't hear Matty Goldberg when the microphone is this far away from his face. Safe to say they can't hear the leaf blower that's 25 yards from here. Uh, Yeah, the boobs thing was, was an interesting publicity stunt. Now the girls are claiming they did it for breast cancer today after all the blowback. No, you weren't. You're you're some Instagram tot. I I said it's a terrible publicity stunt because I don't know who these people are. Some Instagram models, L.A. based girls, of course. So they flew to the World Series just to show their tits. Yeah, that's pretty great. I mean, as far as publicity stunts go, I'm in favor. I mean, I told you, I I screenshot it. The one girl's added over a hundred thousand Instagram followers since last night, so that was worth it. Yeah. Uh, when are we gonna see Dong though? What is this? Was that a request? Yeah, let me see some Dong. Let's let's uh, let's you know tits are kind of played out. It'd be a lot funnier if somebody was exposing their Dong. Did did Lieutenant Dangles Dong come out at all at any of your eleven pre Halloween Halloween parties? No, but you bring up an interesting point. There was a debate about that. I wanted to go without underwear because that's what Lieutenant Dangle would do. I'd never watched the show. Okay. So my point is, like, his junk was all out there. Okay. So I wanted to go without underwear, but the shorts were so short. I was worried that, like, you know, in this day and age, a girl, like, accidentally. Honestly, I did. So Lachlan and I had a bet on Kooks of Comedy, Rip Kooks, where a loser had to surf ding in a bikini. Okay. And yeah, I know. I lost. Yeah. And I wore. I wore like briefs underneath because I was like, I don't want to go out on the beach in this bikini. Yeah. And if it falls out, be like, like you always hear like, oh, it fell out and there was a kid 30 yards away. And now I'm like on the sex crimes list. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, so I'm with you with that. And Lachlan was so mad at me. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry. But like, unless you want to give me like, a, a chick's like a big girl's yeah. bikini bottom that's gonna cover my whole shit. He's like, no, you gotta wear like a bikini, like you gotta wear like a tight bikini bottom. I was like, my junk is gonna fall out. I'm not getting arrested over this. Well, that was my take was that there's not much room, and let's say a girl brushes. It's a bar, right? It's gonna yeah. be a packed bar. Let's say a girl brushes by me and brushes by my junk. It's a small piece of cloth. And then it turns into he rubbed his dick on my ass. I, I wanted to avoid all that. And although a couple of people that we went with, one of the girls was like, you cannot wear underwear. Like, like your dick has to pop out. And I was like, yeah, you're saying that because you know me and you think it'll be funny. But again, like you're saying, the last thing I want. And then she's like, yeah, dude, it's true, though. If you got a boner, like, girls are dressed slightly. Like, what if I got a boner? There's, there's, there's no protection. You're an adult, right? You're not you're not like seeing hot girls in costumes getting boners, are you? I mean, you never know. That'd be, be a wild 37-year-old move. Most likely not, but you never know. Dude, you can't, you can't predict a boner. Just like I can't predict the World Series. You cannot yeah. predict a boner. <laughs> But no, not, nothing nothing too... How was the party, though? Was it worth being a guy who went out five days before Halloween in a costume? I mean, you are really going to die on this. I, I'm, I'm not dying on it. There's, I'm just bringing it... I'm just wanting to know how it was. It was all right. I just find it hard to believe, like I tweeted at you, that you've never 
gone out before actual Halloween to a party? I can say with... I guarantee you have. I can say with most certainty that I, have, that I haven't. Like, I, in fact, I remember I brought up the Halloween party that we had at the 131. I would, like, I would go out and do Halloween things and be the guy not in costume. In fact, I once went to a th- party at Pizza Starro's place prior to us having a party at my place and I was not in costume there like you're not in costume I was like yeah it's not Halloween yeah but I thought Shabelli had an interesting take especially with college and then I, I reminded me of myself I was in a fraternity you had Halloween parties right sororities had Halloween parties you're, you're telling me you're not like let's say it's the 27th or 28th whatever day it is you're not supposed to dress up for that party in college like I responded in college, we partied all the fucking time. So I went out on Thursday in college more than I went out on Saturday. That's facts. I know. But my point again is this. Most people are going to, especially in college, have the party on the weekend and then also well, again, hold on, and then also have it on Halloween. Again, this Friday is one day from Halloween. Friday is the day after Halloween. I bet you, you went out on the twenty sixth of October. Well, a lot of people were dressed up. <laughs> I know. They, I, listen, a lot of people are dressed up. Avocado toast is the number one selling fucking thing in America. Blah 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 blah. Millennials have taken over. And I tweeted at you. I don't care that t- you can Google your dates all you want. You go out on the twenty sixth of October in costume. You're a millennial. It's not a millennial thing. You're 60 years old. I was I was out though, Joe. I I'd say, you know, it wasn't all millennials. Not even close. I would argue that it was. Millennial is a state of mind. You're unbelievable. Millennial is a state of mind. If you have 11 <laughs> words in your coffee order, you're like no, no foam. But hold low on. Low fat cap. You talk a, about in me in a large glass. This but is a, hill? a medium coffee in a large glass so that I can put. You know, MCT oil in it. This is a hill. Whatever. You're dying you're a on. Millennial. This is your hill. You're dying. You talk about me dying on the White Claw Hill. You're going to die on the hill of people getting dressed up and celebrating Halloween. Like, that's what you're dying on. No, I'm not. I said that to every single person who replied to me. I think dressing up on Halloween is fantastic on Halloween. I also believe that you should open your gifts on Christmas morning, that you should fucking deep fry a turkey on Thanksgiving Day. You, I mean, how many times have you raised on, like, Friendsgiving? Oh, you're doing a Friendsgiving on, like, the 14th? You're having all your fr- friends over and doing a friend? Fuck you. Friendsgiving is fucking some millennial bullshit. Have Thanksgiving. You can open your presents on Christmas Eve. Ugh. If you're a pagan. No. Has See, Santa even come yet? Is this guy working fucking, is he working the early shift now? Well, the Ruther family tradition on Christmas Eve was. One gift? It was this. You got to open. We had Kris Kringles with our family, right? The Secret Santa. We call him sure. Kris Kringles. You got to present to your Kris Kringle in the family, whether it was a sibling or a parent, hey, I was your Secret Santa. Here's your gift. Christmas Eve. That's okay. It's a fine tradition. Oh, you're going to make you're gonna make I'm exceptions. Your, oh, no, this is your thing. Like, okay, you're doing that, and then all the stuff under the tree. Get up on Christmas morning. You do your thing. But also, we're not talking about... You didn't go out on Halloween Eve because that was a Saturday. 
You just opened your Christmas presents on the 19th of December, bro. 24th. I'm saying in f- Halloween terms, you went out five days before fucking Halloween. Yeah. You just opened your presents on the fucking 20th I, of December. I, I got, I, I'm not, I'm not going to feel bad about it. I got invited to go out with some people, the mayor and some people, and I went out and I had a lovely time. And, half the and pe- now are you going out on Halloween again? Yeah, I'm going to go out. I, I, are we, you Lieutenant Dangling again? I'm Lieutenant Dangling three times. I've already told you this. Are you are you dry cleaning this costume in between? <laughs> no. I'm going to do Lieutenant Dangle on the 30th and then on the 31st. I'm hitting three parts of town. I did Venice. You're the Heidi Klum of the Dirty Sports Podcast. You take fucking Halloween way too seriously. I, no, but I don't. I'm just go, let a guy live a little, man. I don't go out that much. Let a guy live. I don't drink. I know. You should go out more often. You should go out. You should go out to. You should just go out to the townhouse and you should go out to James Beach. Just like on regular Thursdays. Who am I going out with, though? Me? I live here. You, you go out anytime you want. You, you want to you you go to fucking James Beach sometime? You would go out with me? Of course. What are you talking about? I'm just saying. Don't be the guy who only goes out on. Is there something. Wrong with you mentally, where you can only be out while you're while you're in disguise. No, people like regular Andy Ruther too. Thank you, Joe. You I, should. You don't have to be Lieutenant Dangle for to talk to people. No, I you know. You can be Andy Ruther and talk to people. Oh, I know. Come out sometime. It's fun out there. Maybe I will. <laughs> I mean, Friday I completely flaked. Like, I was supposed to meet this girl at the brig, and then I just was like, I, I can't. Like, Did you feel uncomfortable in your own skin? And you were like, tomorrow I get to go out as someone else? No, here's what happened. I got a girl's number Thursday after my show. Did you get diarrhea from too much MCT oil in your matcha latte? I got a girl's number Thursday after my show, and she texted me Friday. She lives, my show was in Echo Park, so for people who don't know, it's the other side of town. And she also lives there. Complete other side of town. Whoa, wait. Hold on. She lives in Echo Park. She was coming to the Brig? On Friday. She texted me. She goes, dude, I'm going to be at the Brig tonight. Meet up. First of all, dude, I'm going to be at the Brig tonight means I'm coming to Venice to see you. No, 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 no. But it wasn't. Here's the thing. I said, do you want me to meet you there or do you want to walk? I go, I live about 10 minute walk. Do you want to meet over in my hood and walk over there? And she goes, well, I'm rolling with a group of people, which then that changed everything for me. Like, she was whirling with a group. So, in my head, I was like, she's young, too. She's 24, dude. And I was like, do I want to meet a bunch of young, early 20s people at the brig? And then she texted me, I'll get there around 9.30, 9.45. And I had showered. I had put on my clothes to go out. Everything. I was sitting on my couch. And then, I don't know what hit me, man. I was like, I don't know if I can handle the brig tonight. All these young kids, and they're going to be all fucked up, and I'm going to be sober, and now I'm going to meet. It, it, it would be different if I was just meeting her, and It'd I don't. It would be different if you were Lieutenant Dangling, but Andy Ruther doesn't feel comfortable in social situations anymore. You're basically the Joker. <laughs> you're, basically, you're basically Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. She texts me the next day. She goes, what happened, dude? You never showed up. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm weird, man. I don't know. I agree. You're weird. God, this. at least I don't have to go to therapy this week. Did we just settle it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Next time you go to therapy, talk to your therapist about the you, you can only go out dressed as in disguise. Do you know my therapist? See what he says about that. Did you tell me this? Did you tell me this? Or because I found it out again, but you might have told me before I looked it up. You know my therapist owned Bill Buckner's ball. I told you that, and I forgot. Yeah, he he sold Bill Buckner's ball. Yeah, for four hundred eighteen thousand dollars. He's a baseball collector. Yeah. It's cool just to have had it at one point, though. You know who he got it from, according to the article on Deadspin? Charlie Sheen. Oh, yeah. I did know that. So Charlie Sheen owned the Bill Buckner ball, and my therapist got it, apparently, for $60,000 from Charlie Sheen. So Charlie Sheen could buy crack. And then he sold it for $418,000. So solid investment. Bro, talk about an ROI. Unbelievable. Do the Houston Astros close it out in game six? Uh, Verlander pitching? Verlander will pitch. It'll be Verlander-Strasburg. Good um, pitching duel. I think they do. I predicted Astros in six um, when they were down 0-2. That, that certainly seemed in question. Verlander has not pitched great in the playoffs uh, so far. Uh, he's He's pitched not great in the World Series overall. I think that has more to do with overwork than anything but uh i just think that they're gonna hit regardless i just think momentum now you you had talked about the momentum of the nationals the momentum of winning three on the road and then coming back home for a game six if this was a game six in washington i'd almost guarantee that it was going seven um but to come to go home the energy in houston is going to be crazy look it really, I think, comes down to Strasburg. Verlander can pitch how he's going to pitch. Astros hit how they hit. Nationals hit. But, like, if you get a dominating performance from Strasburg, that, that is the Nationals' opportunity. Yeah. But, but I think that this is – I do think it's Astros. Yeah. I think it's Astros tomorrow night. It's going to be electric in there. That's a fun place to play. Yeah. Now, if you were a Houston area dirtball, Joe, and you wanted to get tickets to Game Six, what app out there could you get those tickets on? I, I mean, is it possible that there's even an app that would allow you to get into a, a potential Game Six World Series clinching win? Is is it possible that the, that it even exists? There is an app. You're you're not like you have to go through the streets just handing some guy money in a back alley. No, you don't have to do any of that. You can do it from the comfort of your own home simply by downloading the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek. And the best part is you can see exactly where you're going to sit for that World Series game. SeatGeek has tickets for any live event, guys. Sports, comedy, Music, Broadway, you name it. Hop on the SeatGeek app, download the app, because the best part about SeatGeek is that they will even give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. And shout out to some of our hooligan balls across the pond in the UK because I know some dirt balls over there used SeatGeek promo code DIRTY to go to some of the NFL London games. Now, speaking of the London games, since you just brought it up, I, I thought you I thought you went a little too far yesterday 
cut Cam London seems wrong. Yeah, let's let's discuss this. I think it's a good show discussion. Cut you you are you you get a little loosey goosey with the cut cam sometimes if you ask me. <laughs> uh, there, I think there are some rules, and 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 you get a little loose with the rules. But like you were cucking London fans. Well, here's the deal: a dirtball f- from England tweeted at us. He was at the game. Was I not supposed to retweet those? I mean, I'm just saying you were cucking those people. You were cuck camming them. I thought that was a bit much. I agree. It's like they're what are they supposed to just only wear Bengals jerseys? Like or Rams. who owns a fucking Bengals jersey in London? Well, look, I agree. I agree that it's a little different. This is how I describe the London games from a cut camp perspective. The the NFL games played in the UK, it's it's a cuck bowl. The entire stadium. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too. But I'm just having fun. I'm gonna retweet it. And if if here here's my thing to anybody listening or anybody who's follows us on social media, when people take the time to take pictures, I'm gonna retweet there it. There was an all time meanwhile, there was also an all time cuck cam yesterday. The the four guys walking into whatever game that was where some guy had the fucking Peyton Manning college jersey on and something like that was that was like the all time worst cuck group I've ever seen. An all time level? The four dudes together? Couldn't have been that far back, wasn't it? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Here it is. You have a Teddy Bridgewater Louisville jersey. Uh, fucking Hauschka Seattle jersey. A Peyton Manning Tennessee jersey. And uh, what's the fucking Howard's first name on the Bears? And he's is he even on the Bears anymore? What is Howard's name? The running back. Yeah. No, he's not. And that was all for Denver, Indianapolis. In Indy. So shout out to Eric Drake yeah, who sent us that. Yeah, that is the, the, those. And they're all, by the way, they're all going with hoodies <laughs> under <laughs> their jersey. All of them. All of them hoodies under their jerseys. Those guys for sure dressed up on Saturday night. Those guys for sure went out in Halloween costumes. That's your people right there. So somebody gave... That's your people. I'm going to ignore that comment. Somebody gave... Their only excuse is that they're in Halloween costumes. Well, somebody... As a fucking bunch of dickbags. Somebody said, oh... As strangest things. That's what they are. They're fucking strangest things. They're like if the Stranger Things kids were into sports and grew up and then cucked each other. Well, the one guy's wearing Peyton Manning, and somebody said Peyton played for the Colts. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm just saying what somebody said. What? Peyton played for the Colts and the Broncos? Okay, remove that guy from it. You have a Seattle Punters jersey. You have a fucking Teddy Bridgewater College jersey. I, I don't think the Peyton Manning kid was the one of them was like, yeah, this jersey makes sense. Yeah, this was an all-time cut cam. You know what we should do? I was thinking about this, and now that I post these on Instagram. Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree. Cuck Hall of Fame. First ballot. Cuck Hall of Fame. So what I do now is I post them them on Instagram. There is a fifth one of those friends who's not really friends with those guys. He's like, he hangs out with them, but he's not super good friends with them. And he literally fucks all of their girlfriends when they go to football games together. (laughs) He's like, what time are you guys leaving? Yeah, for sure. And then he goes over to the fucking sorority house and goes room to room cucking these guys. Well, the cut cam has its own tab now on Instagram. Nice. So if you guys follow us on Instagram under the story section, because I have to highlight all these. 
And we've gotten some nice DMs from people who clearly don't listen to the show that are just learning this, which will hopefully get them to listen to the show, being like, the one dude's like, dude, this thing is so funny. But you have that occasional person. I'd say 90%, 95% of people get it. You have that occasional person that's like, what's your problem? Like, oh, I dealt with that a couple years ago when I tweeted, you don't wear jerseys. You don't wear like your random team jersey to the Super Bowl party. And somebody was like, what's wrong with you? It's a celebration of football. I was like, actually, it's not. It's two teams playing for things. You know what the best response is? This resp- is a celebration of football day. You know what the response is? It's like I, a Hall of Fame game. I even got somebody on Twitter then to write, fair enough, good point. Yeah. This is my response now. Do you wear a Hawaiian shirt and flip-flops to a funeral? Yeah. He got exactly whatever I was going with that. He's like, okay, fair point. It's like, it's pretty- I don't get where you're going with that. It's, you're not dressed for the occasion correctly. Right. <laughs> oh, that was your point? That's my point. You're not dressed appropriately for the occasion. I just love the idea that all these guys' girlfriends get fucked by the same guy while they're at football games. He just walks. I swear, he walks dorm room to dorm. He walks dorm room to dorm room in college, and the girls are like, "Hey, TJ, <laughs> you weren't wearing a costume last night." He's like, "Yeah, it wasn't fucking Halloween. Now take your fucking pants off and shut up." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> Is Brian at the fucking Colts game in a Terry Bridgewater jersey? Yeah, he is. I don't get it. Yeah, because it doesn't make fucking sense. Bend over. <laughs> you know what you, you know what you just created? You created like a you a porn a whole yeah, porn category. A porn category. The porn the porno that goes that's beyond cut cut cam porn. Yeah, you created a whole porn category. Like the the porn starts with like, all right, babe, I'm going out, going to the game with the crew. We're gonna check it out, and she's like. Why are you wearing a Teddy Bridgewater jersey? He's not on the Colts or the Broncos. He's like, you don't get it, babe. It's football. It's my football jersey. She's like, all right, have fun. And then door closes. Five seconds later, knock, knock, knock. It's like, yeah, do you go out in a fucking jersey if a team is not playing? She's like, yeah, he did. I didn't get it. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. Take your pants off. Unreal. Prano, you got to be concerned right now, though. You're seven games back. You lost two more. I mean, I'm concerned, but I'm not, like, super concerned. Like, yeah, I don't want to be seven games back, but I'm not like, oh, God. We're not. We're halfway through the season. You're seven games back halfway through the season. Yeah. Like, you got to start making up ground every week. You're or, not. Or I don't. We'll see. I mean, the, the Houston Astros were two games back. Can I be honest, though? I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little worried that you're not going to fulfill your end of the bet. Excuse me? I'm a little worried. Ex- excuse me? We made the fucking, we made the insane clown posse bet in 2014. <laughs> 2017, but yeah. Did I dye my hair purple? The you, fucking two days after the fucking game, the two days after the bet ended? I saw that picture recently. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Don't worry. I'll fulfill it. Honestly, I don't even remember what the bet is, but I'll fulfill it. Do you wear the L chain for two weeks? Okay. Or me. The L chain's going to get a little redo, too. Yeah, I've heard about this. I got to go to Michael's. I got to I gotta make it through the fires. Go to Michael's. Get, get the appropriate coloring. I'm not an artist, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> no, we've noticed. I have no artistic ability. All right, we made it through week eight. Almost. We have one more game tonight. Do we? Are you watching that game tonight? I am. Are you watching it just to tweet? No, I'm watching it 
I have this weird, I don't know what it is, man. You have a weird obsession with Mason Rudolph? I have this weird chance, like this weird hope that the Dolphins give him a game and maybe win. You're saying no chance. I'm saying, but what that that that's interesting to you? Oh yeah, that would destroy people in my survivor pool. Okay. So like my survivor pool this week, I believe it was eighty three percent. And you didn't take the Dolphins. I took the I took the uh, the Rams Bengals game. So I took okay. the Rams. Like eighty three percent of my survivor took the, the Vikings, Steelers. the Rams, and the Steelers. And my brother asked me, because he's in a survivor pool. I didn't do survivor this year. And I said, take the Rams. I go, the Rams, it might be a close game because it's in London, but they're not going to lose to the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the same reason I didn't take the Vikings. That was a good game. I just I just didn't feel, I didn't feel, but like, I don't know, man, something about this. Maybe, I, maybe I've heard you, you slurp fits too much. Something about this tells me and I could be completely wrong, obviously. But I just, I don't know, man. Are you saying you believe in magic? Is that what you just said, basically? Do you believe in magic? There's a lot of people that would be crushed. If... Are you Googling, is magic real? No, I, I'm going to look to see how many people picked. Oh, yeah, bro. 69 entries. 20... Did, you do, did you do two entries? I did two, yeah. And you've already lost one? Yeah. Is it a two-strike league? No. I think there's a problem with this league. You can buy back in up through week seven. Yeah. I'm sorry, up through week six. But it gets the pot huge. The pot's probably over 50 grand. But the problem is we have 303 entries still surviving. Right. But if the Steelers somehow lost tonight, who's the guy who took the Broncos this week? <laughs> that person somebody somebody who like me also doesn't believe in in josie brisket let's talk about him joe let's do it there was a epic text exchange yesterday yeah between you me and tug coker all over your boy jacoby brisket josie brisket josie i'll get it one day you have turned into just an anti well so Jacoby Brissett the, guy. I'm not an anti-Jacoby Brissett guy. You are. You. It's funny because you literally did the same thing last week. You literally came to the show. You're like, I'm itching for net tomorrow. I can't wait. I got stats pulled up about Lamar Jackson. You're never going to believe it. This Lamar Jackson. I'm a Lamar Jackson truther. But then yesterday you're like, five and two, all that matters. You literally said, five and two, all that matters. You tweet, you texted that in our group text yesterday. Five and two, all that matters. The Baltimore Ravens are five and two. This is why I think they're. Is diff- that all that matters? This is why I think they're different. If you want to compare, I didn't know you were going to go there with this. If you want to compare, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just bringing up your the hole in your logic. My, lo- My logic is very simple. I don't want Lamar Jackson or Brissett if I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. My logic is this with Brissett. We don't know. He's never played a playoff game. And I've said this. We don't know. I've seen Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I've seen his throwing ability. And Jacoby Brissett's also not a... He's not a runner. He didn't run the ball. 
He, he's legit pocket. That pass he made. That well, I, he's not a legit pocket passer. Please don't say that. He's not a legit pocket passer. Why isn't he? Well, for many reasons. One, they he threw until the two-minute drill yesterday. Frank Reich had called six passing plays in the first half. Six. There, late in the second quarter, he had thrown the ball six times. Six times. Six. Here's why I don't believe in Jacoby Brissett, and here's why I am anti-Jacoby Brissett as the Colts quarterback this year. First of all, the first one was I was geared up this year, and I'm revealing this for the first time. I was geared up this year for to make a bold Colts prediction on the season. Andrew Luck retiring pulled that rug out from under me. I saw Frank Reich year two, the rebuilt offensive line anchored by no joke, a generational player in Quentin Nelson. A generational, like, if he continues to play guard at the level he's playing guard so far, he will be the best guard in history. A generational talent. A defense that has improved over the last couple of years. Uh, all pro running back or all pro potential running back in Marlon Mack. Uh, Great receiver in T.Y. Hilton, who was always feasted with Andrew Luck. I was ready to make a bold claim. Then Luck leaves, and I was like, uh, I mean, I kind of want to stay on this. Let's see what move they do. And their move was, we're just starting Brissett, and we're extending him. And I just thought that was reckless. I still feel it was reckless. And nothing has proven to me that it's not a reckless decision to try to ride with Jacoby Brissett in a year where I think they are truly could have been contenders. They are contenders. I don't believe so. Okay. And here's and and the the second reason is because I bet on the Colts yesterday. I bet on the Colts yesterday and then in the first half of the game I go, I'm losing this bet and I'm losing this bet for all the reasons I don't believe in Jacoby Brissett because it's halftime and he's thrown six passes. It's not just about Jacoby Brissett. No, it's not. They're 5-2. and two. You are what your record is, famously said by Bill Parcells. They're 5-2. and two. They won 10 games last year. They're on pace to win 10 games again. They won a single playoff game last year. And this is what I also presented in the group text. If they win one playoff game and win 10 games in the regular season, they will have done just as well under Jacoby Brissett as they have under Andrew Luck last year. So then it begs the question, what the fuck are we talking about here? Well, what we're talking about, again, is them not winning one playoff game. We're, ta we're talking about them being contenders. They are winning contenders. One, I don't believe that they are. And I don't believe they are for one reason. Because I watched that game yesterday against the Broncos, and I go, oh, you're a team that can do one thing on offense. You can run the ball, and you can throw wide-open passes to fucking Tank Doyle or whatever the fuck the, the tight end's name is, who they run a play action this way, and then they find him open on the fucking side. Guess what? That strategy doesn't work against the New England Patriots. Okay. It doesn't. And guess who? Guess 
Who told me a couple years ago, Perlo, you're embarrassing yourself. Fucking Jags defense is legit. Fournette runs the ball so fucking great. You hate on fucking Blake Bortles. They're going to do it. We'll show you. And they did. And they made the AFC Championship game. And they gave the Patriots a game. And then they turned the ball over to Blake Bortles with the game on the line. And he took a hot shit in his pants. And they lost to the Patriots. I do not believe. Who told you that? Literally thousands of fucking, uh, what was his name? Ass face or whatever. Was it assy? Tom assy. Swingman nine. Oh, do you remember all the fucking Jags fans that I had to deal with? Raymond ass. There was, there was dozens of guys. This, it's, it's defense, yeah, run the ball. But hold on a second. Hold on a second. Like, like this, is, I, this is what I don't understand. They're, they're playing fine. And by the way, you're not 100% correct in that assessment. The week before against the Texans, he threw for four touchdowns. He threw for 300 yards. It's a week-by-week basis here. You, you, you can't just cherry-pick them deciding not to throw the ball much one game. They did throw the ball last week, and Brissett played great. Look, dude, I was anti-Brissett when the season started. Not on pace for less yards than his rookie season. This will be the first time that T.Y. Hilton doesn't put up a 1,000-yard season since his rookie year. He has 360 yards on, on fucking how many receptions? 360 yards on 32 receptions this year. Again, they throw the ball to fucking Jack Doyle. It doesn't matter, they, dude. They're winning okay. games. Like, okay. what are we? What are we so arguing then, so here? The, my argument is, then you believe in Garoppolo, you believe in Goff, you believe in Lamar Jackson, correct? Where is? Why is this different? Why is it different for me to say their record is great because they're running the ball and they're protecting a quarterback and they're playing decent defense? But I don't believe that they can do this four times. Around. Do I believe that the Colts could beat a Chiefs team in the playoffs? Sure. Do I believe that they could, that in some miracle on some any given Sunday, that they could beat the Patriots in the playoffs? Yeah. Do I think that Frank Reich has the decided coaching advantage over Bill O'Brien, and if they had to meet in a first-round matchup, that the Colts could beat the Texans? Of course I do. Do I think that the that in a quarterback shit off between Lamar Jackson and Jacoby Brissett in a game where, we're, I don't know, we're going to watch a high school game from the 40s and they've both run the fucking option all day, that they could beat the Ravens? Yeah, I do. Do I think that they can do all of those in a row? No, I don't. Okay, I don't fine. think that they can you, do those in a row. You don't, and, and I and disagree. my problem is this. And Tug goes, what do you want them to I go, if you're a contender, I don't want you to say, we're not going to contend. Because of our quarterback, the window. They are in the NFL, content. They're five and t- you are what your record is. They're five and two. Like what are okay. we? Like what are we debating here, Joe? You're We're so- debating the exactly what you debated last week with Lamar Jackson. No, because with Lamar Le- Jackson, by the way, is grossly outplaying Jacoby Brissett. Grossly, not passing wise. He it's it's not I it's not the passer back. It's the quarterback. I, He's outplaying Jacoby Brissett. I literally just brought up Lamar Jackson's numbers last week. In his last five games against good competition, Lamar Jackson has thrown five touchdown passes in five games. Jacoby Brissett threw four just last week, so he's not outplaying him, dude. He is. There, you are. You fucking love it for total QBR on the season. Lamar Jackson is seven. 
Jacoby Brissett is 18, right above Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston. In total QBR for the year. You love facts. Uh, well, again, how much... You love facts. Hold on. Again, how much of that was the first two games? How, mu- how much of that is Jacoby... Br- Lamar Jackson last week beat the fucking Seattle Seahawks handily in Seattle. Jacoby Brissett yesterday played to a Venetieri 50-yard field goal to win the game. Because down the stretch, they refused to let him throw the ball. I trust Frank Reich. I, th- I think he knows what he's doing. I trust Frank Reich, too. He's a great quarterback. And honestly, the my problem with it is you can say whatever you want. Maybe Frank Reich doesn't think that they're contenders this year. Maybe Frank Reich is playing, hey, th- this is a long game. I don't need to fucking go out and trade for Eli Manning. I don't need to go out and get Phillip Rivers this offseason. Give me two years of Brissett to build this team and I'm I'm going I mean, for a 2021 I mean, Super Bowl. I mean that that's just a wild like the Eli Manning thing to me. Like you're just like what planet are you living on that they're you're telling me they're they're better with Eli Manning. Like yes. like that's No, and by the way, better no, but super, have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl. And I base that on Peyton Manning and his run with the Broncos where he couldn't throw the football. And they had a good defense and they had a good running game. And he was able to make decisions at the line. Eli doesn't make that play that he made yesterday. Eli gets sacked on that play where he breaks the sack and he makes that amazing pass. Eli gets sacked there. 100% he does. Okay. Dude, Eli hasn't won a playoff game since 2011. Like Jacoby Brissett hasn't won a playoff game ever. True. Jacoby Brissett. He hasn't played in one Jacoby either. Jacoby Brissett's. You, like, you, everybody always wants to look at what guys do. Until a guy does what he does. Jacoby Brissett isn't playing better right now than Eli Manning played last year. He's not. He's just plain not. Dude, I think I think you're too warped on this this Eli. It thing. has nothing to do with Eli Manning. But it does. It has to do with the fact that they have a contender in a team right now, and I think that they are limited at quarterback. And I'm saying any team that's five and two on record, including the Baltimore Ravens. Is a contender. They are by definition. You are a contender if you're five and two. If you're six and two, you are a contender. Okay, you're in the I thick d- of it. I disagree. I disagree. Okay, that's fine. But by me, but by my standard, any team in the NFL who's five and two or six and two is a contender to compete for a Super Bowl. Uh, agree to disagree. I do not think that you are. I watched that game yesterday with a hundred dollars on the line and said there is no fucking way this team beats four good teams in a row to win a Super Bowl. No way. Zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. And you could- Also, by the way, I think the Saints might be the best team in football. I think the Saints might be the best team in football. They're a contender with Drew Brees. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater. And I don't think that's crazy to say. It's not a matter of saying that the team is definitely... I'm not saying the Colts are going to the Super Bowl, or I'm not saying whoever's going to the Super Bowl. But again, this idea of being a contender, I think you never know when it hits the playoffs. And and to be honest, I think New England, as great as they're playing defensively on a historic pace, they've played nobody. They've literally played nobody. And in terms of how New England's playing defense, okay... I would take the 49ers right now over anybody in the NFL. Okay. 
Anybody. You, you think the 49ers are the best team in the NFL? I do. And so you think they have the best chance of winning a Super Bowl? I think right now, again, things can change. I need to see New England play. I want to see New England's defense. You have one pick to win the Super Bowl. Who are you picking right now? Either New England or the 49ers. Wait, wait, hold on. You just said 49ers over everybody. What, what I said giving, right. I said right now. What the, is giving you pause? The 49ers are playing the best. Well, because obviously New England has the experience and they have Belichick. Obviously, I'm saying, but playing right now, as far as playing, if you had New England versus the 49ers in the Super Bowl this right now, today, tomorrow, next week, New England versus the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Who are you taking? I'm gonna be tough. I'm I'm like sick of getting betting against the Patriots because they always win. Would part of your concern of betting against the Patriots be that Jimmy Garoppolo has to go up against the Patriots defense, like Jared Goff went up against the Patriots well, defense of last course, week? Of that course. That would be my concern. I would put I would bet everything that Bill Belichick has a plan, just like he did in a million times in the past, on how to stop Marlon Mack off tackle fucking Jack Doyle in the flat. Bringing it back to the Colts. I'm going back to what I'm going back to my point. I think. But what's the definition of contender? Like, like this is this is where potential Super Bowl winning potential. You can win the Super Bowl this year. You can win the Super Bowl this year. Again, I think with the with Andrew Luck. Who's on that list for you right now, Joe? Who's on your current Super Bowl contender list? The Packers. Okay. The Saints. Okay. The Patriots. The Chiefs. See, I have a much bigger list. That's basically my list right now. Much bigger list. Okay. You, I mean, you don't even have the 49ers on there. Right now, I like the 49ers. I think the 49ers are fantastic. I have the same concerns with the 49ers as I have with the Colts and with the Ravens. You can score 51 points, and you can dominate all these teams defensively, and you can run the shit out of the ball. But in a 51-point game, Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing the ball 11 times or 17 times or whatever it is. It's like, hey, I get that your fucking team is awesome, and I get that you're going to – you have that pass rush that is going to make even a Tom Brady and a fucking Aaron Rodgers have tough games. But are you going to do it four games in a row? At some point, you're – Playmakers need to make plays. And I need one of your playmakers to be your quarterback. And by the way, Lamar Jackson is a playmaker and he's that quarterback. But but, but again, I just don't see that being a strategy that works four games in a row. We're we're gonna get well, we're the, gonna go well, the, four games in a row and hope our quarterback runs for 160 yards on the ground. Well, most teams aren't gonna well, first of all, take the 49ers. See, this is where I guess we just disagree. You're right. He only threw the ball 22 times yesterday. That's it. But again, my argument about somebody like a Jimmy G is, of course he only threw it 22 times. They rushed for 232 yards. I'm just going on the eye test. I like Jimmy G. I think that Jimmy G can end up being, but like, there's also. But Joe, this is where I don't get, you. you're, you're all on, you have to be a game manager first. Yeah. No, absolutely. Jimmy G is, but. And so is Brissett. Like, like these guys are showing that they are game managers. First of all, Brissett yesterday fumbled the ball away and 
basically almost cost them the game. Then they get it back. Then he has a great play down on his goal line. But then, again, they refuse to just go down and try to get try to win the game. They Frank Reich, genius Frank Reich, great coach, no doubt about it. Maybe the next Bill Belichick, maybe he's the guy who's going to do this. He's going to turn Jacoby Brissett into Tom Brady. Tom Brady, he's going to game manage his way to a Super Bowl this year, and he's going to game manage his way to eight more. But to me, if your strategy is, I don't trust my quarterback enough to go down and win this game, I'm going to settle for a 50-yard field goal to win or lose this game. To me, you're not showing that much confidence in your quarterback. But again, they're they're winning these games. It was the same beef or qualms that you had during the Kansas City game. And my argument back again was, they're winning these games. Yes, they're winning these games. Absolutely, you're like, absolutely like yesterday, right. the, the the 49ers they rushed the ball 38 times yep. for 200 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo only throws for 175 yards. They're winning these games. Yep. Like so, my point is, I I just don't get what we're like debating here. It is Coach. that. Quarterback, defense, run the ball. Four things, okay? San Francisco is certainly moving up the fucking list. They're running the shit out of the ball. How did the Patriots win the Super Bowl last year? How'd they win the Super Bowl? They shut down a fucking yeah. questionable quarterback who scored three points in a fucking Super Bowl game. So the Patriots won last year because they played great defense. They didn't do shit offensively. Yep. They ran the ball decent. So my point is that was a formula to win a Super Bowl. Tom Brady didn't do shit in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady did Tom Brady threw to remind everybody, Tom Brady threw one touchdown pass the entire playoffs last year. One. Even against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship, what did the Patriots do? How did they game change? How did they plan? They ran the ball. So my response to you is this argument of you got to have this guy guns. I'm confused because you're the guy who doesn't. You don't want your quarterback to lead the league in yards, which I agree with. But now it's almost like you want him gunslinging more. No, what I, what I, do you want? No, I don't want him gunslinging more. I you can you, we can call Tom Brady game manager all we fucking want. But the bottom line is Tom Brady. Is going to go. To, there's never been a point in his career, even before anybody knew who Tom Brady was, that I didn't feel like the coach of the New England Patriots doesn't trust Tom Brady. I, I'm sorry. You can tell me I'm wrong. You can tell me Frank Reich has all the. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, we're behind him. We, we believe. We believe. T.Y. Hilton can believe all he wants. Look at the fucking game tape. Watch the game. Watch the game like I did yesterday with $100 on that game going, no doubt about it, the Colts roll over this fucking Broncos team, right? And they go, he threw the ball six times in the first half? How are you ever going to cover a six-point spread throwing the ball six times in the first half, being a one-dimensional offense? The New England Patriots are not going to have trouble in a one-dimensional coaching against a one-dimensional offense. They shut down... Jared Goff last year in the Super Bowl. That that offense is way more than one dimension. I'm sorry. You can like I I I jumped on board for yesterday. And then I was like, this is why I shouldn't have jumped on board. 
It's one game, man. No, won. it's not one game. It's also the Chiefs game. It's also they, the Chiefs game where they absolutely didn't. And they won both okay. games, And dude. they won both games. And the fucking Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl in a year where Doug Peterson went for it on fourth down every fucking time. How has that worked out before or after that Super Bowl run? Sometimes things. Sometimes you get a fucking hot streak. Sometimes you hit on 16 and you keep pulling fours and fives. In the long run, you're going to get some fucking face cards. I bet, again, we're talking about you, your list of... You're not even putting the 49ers on a contender list right now. I need to see Jimmy Garoppolo. Your, your list right now. Is the Saints, the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Patriots, and the 49ers are roaming. You have you have nothing about the Rams, no Seattle, nobody else in the AFC. I mean, that's wild to me. A hundred, like I'm saying, I'm not betting on, and like if I have money to sprinkle around on those teams, th- those are the five that are getting money from me. I'll save my money on Seattle. I'll save my money on Lamar Jackson going four straight playoff games without getting hurt and going 150 yards rushing that they need to do. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Am I fucking counting on it? No. Now, here's the thing. Baltimore can do whatever Baltimore fucking wants to do. Okay? You you might not be a believer. I might not be a believer. But John Harbaugh can believe all he wants. Do I think that five years from now, Lamar Jackson is the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens? No. Do I think Jacoby Brissett should have been extended? No. Why are you doing it? Yeah, but you also didn't think Russell Wilson would be on the Seahawks in 2019. Right. And guess what? Russell Wilson, I'll give you credit where credit's due. Russell Wilson's playing fucking great this year. Russell Wilson's getting the ball out fucking fast. Russell Wilson is awesome. Fantastic. Is Russell Wilson a top five quarterback in the league? Not to me still. What? But what? it is what it is. My problem with Russell Wilson was never Russell Wilson is bad. My problem with Russell Wilson was Russell Wilson is overrated. That's my problem. Russell Wilson's finally living up to any sort of hype that he got for years. Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate. But just my problem was everybody telling me Russell Wilson was an MVP candidate in years before this when he absolutely wasn't. I don't, I don't, by the way, I've said over and over and over again, all of these guys, but Jacoby Brissett is better at playing quarterback than I am at anything. Well, obviously. But my question is, where is he? Tug talked to me yesterday. Jacoby Brissett is the 19th fucking paid quarterback in the league. So they're not overpaying him. No, they're perfectly paying him because by QBR, he's the 19th best quarterback in the league. So you go by QBR now? No, I don't go by QBR. I go by a lot of things, including, and most importantly to me, the eye test. When I watch games against teams, and he and they just refuse to let him win the game, I'm just going. I don't see you. I just don't see that being a strategy four games in a row. I don't see that being a fucking strategy. And by the way, again, I think that this team. This Colts team was ready to make a huge leap this year because, like Tug, I believe in Frank Reich. I think that their defense, their defense hasn't been amazing. Their defense has been good. Their defense has been really good. But their defense isn't lights out. This isn't the defense that you can just go, hey, let's win every playoff game 16-15. That's not their defense this year. The defense is like 14th and 15th and like points and yards. 13th and 14th, something like that. 
It's not like crazy. Meanwhile, you have Houston's defense, New England's defense. Like there are te- there are defenses that. But de- Houston's the- defense is is more suspect, especially now that they lost JJ Watt. Sure, certainly now that they lost JJ Watt. But are you telling me that in a first round matchup, Houston on the road in Indianapolis? You feel super confident Indianapolis wins that game? No, and, and again, at the end of the day, I, I don't feel insanely confident with any game with Indy. I'm just saying, I'm just judging things by their record and what happened again last year. But all I'm and, trying to make people Joe, understand is it, this. But if you want to, oh, but hold on, all I'm trying to make people understand is this: if we all agree that Frank Reich can coach circles around Butch and O'Brien, that Bill O'Brien is a fucking joke. Okay, that. Indianapolis has a better running game. That Indianapolis has a better offensive line. That Indianapolis has a better defense. But that we don't, we're not all saying Indianapolis, absolutely no doubt about it, beats Houston in a first-round matchup in Indianapolis. What we're saying is, the huge question mark is, the Houston Texans quarterback outplaying Well, obviously, Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback. No one's, no one's denying that. He also has better weapons, I'd argue. T.Y. Hilton's pretty good, has been in his career. I mean, he's only had, he has 360 yards on the season. I know, but he's also got Hopkins and Will Fuller. I'm just saying, I, I, I'd argue he's got better all-around weapons at the wide receiver. I'm not going to argue Deshaun Watson versus Jacoby Brissett. It's not about arguing. It's about saying literally everything else is stacked in Indianapolis' favor, but we're talking about the scale tipping back to even because of how much better we think Watson is. I mean, it's also a division game. Do you remember last year when it was Indianapolis Texans and everybody, I've been so critical of the Texans and everybody was like, fuck you. This is the thing. And I was like, you're not winning this game. You're not winning this game. You're not fucking winning it. You're not winning it. I remember exactly where I was, where I watched it. I was at the bar across the street from the house of comedy in Arizona. I was there with Eddie in January. And what happened? Andrew Luck fucking carved them. I agree. But again, look, dude, I pulled up Andrew Luck's playoff stats. I think you have a short-term memory on like how great he's playing. I mean, these numbers aren't insane. Obviously, it's a team game. I'm just saying, like, the guy has 12 touchdowns and 13 interceptions on 56% completion for his yep. entire playoffs. Yep. He went four and four. Yep. I'm just saying those numbers right there, those are not insane playoff numbers. Right. I get it at and, all. And by the way, uh, the Indian, the reason I was high on the Indianapolis Colts this year, the reason I wanted to make the bold Indianapolis Colts claim is because this would have been the first, well, the second year with Frank Reich, but this would have been a f- a year with a great coach, with a ha- healthy Andrew Luck, with a dominating offensive line. With a good running game. This is, you know, the 2012, 2013, 2014, Angela. Yeah, did they make an AFC championship game? We're still talking about, like, they didn't have Frank Reich. They didn't have a dominating offensive. They had Andrew Luck. Well, they had him last year. Right. How'd that work out in Kansas City? I'm just saying. They didn't win. Right. Should we get to our conspiracy theory? We can do it. I think we should get to that. As many of you know, we've had an ongoing battle with number one Jameis Winston fan on Twitter 
Jameis one of one. Which, like I said, we we blocked him. He blocked us. He's a Bible thumping weirdo who's like has some crazy mental illness that causes him to defend Jameis Winston literally no matter what. Five turnover games, four turnover games, constantly losing, playing below his potential, like being like leading the everybody in turnovers, terrible record in his career, getting benched by Jameis Winston, getting benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick, the whole thing. Okay, we blocked him. He blocked us. He shut off his comments on his Amazon feed. It's done, right? It's done. But then we come back to Captain Catfish, Captain Fugazi. I saw a Millie, a Millie reply to a tweet yesterday saying, I've been saying it all along. This is Jameis, which made me think of something. First of all, I don't think this is Jameis. And, you know, uh, Tug has accused me of being racist at this point. That was a joke. Tug has accused me of hating black quarterbacks. Okay. Just saying this happened. But so take that nugget when I say this. But I think this is too well written as ludicrous as it is to be Jameis Winston. If Jameis Winston is talking about the barbecue behind his fucking parents' house when he was growing up and eating L's and eating W's and all this stuff, I'm sorry. I don't think he's writing about era-adjusted stats. I don't think he's writing – like, I just don't think he's writing this stuff without I, – I, as, as ludicrous as the content is, I still don't think it's Jameis. Well, here's the, here's the situation then. But go ahead. This is the next level. I think there is a grand conspiracy here. There's a dirty sports conspiracy within the Bucks organization for some reason to stand behind Jameis Winston, to protect Jameis Winston, to stand for Jameis Winston, to keep Jameis Winston as their quarterback. So, this is something that has slowly morphed over the years. Firing Dirk Cutter doesn't exactly scream like, what the fuck are they doing? He obviously wasn't good. But Dirk Cutter obviously wasn't a Jameis Winston stan. He benched him. He benched him. Okay. There was clearly a decision, Jameis over Dirk. Although you could argue that Dirk deserved to be fired either way. Yeah. Right? Okay. That's just the beginning. Then we've got this weird thing where Jameis was benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets to leave and literally grow across the state, go downstate to Miami. Why would you let Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy who was – no joke. An MVP consideration. All right. At, All right. After a couple games last year. I, yes or no? I mean, Joe, come on. The first two games of the year. Okay. Come on. He played He played three or four good games. You let him leave for nothing. You MVP. You, you decide to back up Jameis Winston, a guy you benched last year, 
with Ryan Griffin, who has never played a single snap in the NFL. Now, on now the icing on the cake to me is they bring in Bruce Arians, quarterback whisperer, guy who made Carson Palmer an MVP candidate, guy who did this in Arizona, guy who did that. Okay. You bring in Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians, no joke, is standing at a podium post-game, week in and week out, and he's saying out loud, there's video of this, week in and week out, that four and five turnover games are not Jameis's fault. Yeah. And then this is where A. Millie comes in. A. Millie points out Jameis, one of one, does not tweet during Bucks games. Yeah. He goes dark for five hours each Sunday during Bucks games. Is Jameis one of one a Tampa Bay Bucks employee of some level? Is it Bruce Arians? Is it the GM that drafted Jameis? Is that guy even still there? Well, I don't even know enough about well, the Bucks. It's some assistant. Is it an assistant? Is it the scout that that said he's a sure thing. Here's the thing. Is it Jameis's It is crazy because Dad because at brother, this, uncle. At, at this point it went from us laughing and trolling to like, wow, this guy wrote a book that Jameis Winston is a sure fire Hall of Famer. I brought this up last night in conversation. The Jameis book might be the biggest piece of evidence yet. Who sits down and compiles this? I would argue <laughs> This is wild. I would argue this is wild that the information in the book was already compiled because who compiles 400 pages worth of information on Jameis Winston? Well, the the Tampa Bay Bucks do, but does some just lone source no do that? Also, why is this person anonymous? Yeah, there's a lot of questions here that we think is a legit conspiracy. This is what 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 was the fucking uh uh Mitt Romney fake Twitter name? This is, you know, Pierre Delecto or whatever. This is Anthony Weiner's fucking Weiner account. This is this is a this is a Twitter this guy is a member of the Bucks. We need to find out who this is. And we want to enlist all the dirtballs possible because this is important. Now, we know he's done some interviews. I need to listen to these interviews. Supposedly, he's done these interviews. But Prano has a great point. If you didn't watch the game yesterday, Jameis had two more interceptions and two more fumbles. So he has four turnovers in one game. And he's right. Bruce Arians, we both did deep dives. Bruce Arians is going into a press conference defending four, guys, four turnovers. He's saying he's saying that picks, he's saying two interceptions are not Jameis' fault. One, he throws to no one. He throws the only person in if you if you take a screen grab of the interception, the only person in the screen is a Titans defender. Yeah. Then his other pick is him having a ball batted by a defensive lineman, correct? No, his other pick was the one at the end. Is that the one you're talking about where there's no one near him? Didn't he have one or is that a fumble? He had he has Oh, he got a strip sack and the ball went in the air. He got a strip sack and then his other fumble was the snap went straight off his face mask. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was him or the center's fault on that. But as of right now, halfway through the 2019 season, Jameis has 14 touchdowns, 
12 interceptions and three fumbles lost. He's eight, he's fumbled eight times, three fumbles lost. So once again, this year, Jameis leads the NFL in turnovers. The entire NFL. So we are now in season number five, guys. Jameis Winston has led the NFL in turnovers for five straight years. I mean, this is a wild stat. For five straight years, he's led the league in turnovers. And as we know, and we've talked about this, this isn't the old Brett Favre gunslinging days where guys just throw interceptions. Yeah, exactly. That's you know th- that's something Jameis one of one is big on is like Fouts, Favre, Peyton Manning's Peyton first Manning, few years. Blah, blah. It's like the game has changed. There was a time when throwing 58% of your passes was very reasonable. Yeah. Now, 58% passes percent of your passes puts you at the bottom of the league. Jameis Winston right now, on top of the turnovers, him and Baker Mayfield have the lowest completion percentage of all the NFL, like Joe was saying, at 58%. So you're right. That, that, that's a terrible percentage. That's, and, and, and honestly, that used to be totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. And Brett Favre throwing 15 interceptions in a season. And adjusting, the other thing is adjusting, doing what, forget, like, forget it. Adjusting Hall of Famers to current level, it's like, it doesn't even make sense. Doesn't even make sense. So that's the point of this Jameis one-of-one guy. We need to find out. We we are onto our own conspiracy. We want to break to to the world. Like, the idea that this is just some ludicrous Jameis fan. There's no way. was one that was just like, okay, this is ridiculous. We're going to block him. But now, this is an actual, like, I actually have a conspiracy that the Tampa Bay Bucks, there is a grand conspiracy here that this is part of the Bucks. It's not just Jameis one of one, by the way. I don't want to expose the Bucks for being behind Jameis one of one. That's not my ultimate goal here. My ultimate goal is why are the Tampa Bay Bucks conspiring to defend Jameis on, yeah. on a whole. If the Bucks had any option at backup quarterback, people would be calling for Jameis to be benched. The only reason they're not calling for Jameis to be benched is because Ryan Griffin has never played a snap in the NFL. How do you honestly run an organization and have your backup be a guy who has never taken a snap when your starter has led the league in turnovers for five straight years. Yeah. There is a grand conspiracy here. Is it? This This isn't, by the way, this isn't, I saw somebody just post a comment, stop giving this moron airtime. Guys, we're being legit here. This, this isn't some moron. This we, isn't about Jameis one of one anymore. This is about our conspiracy. We think this would be a national story. We're being dead fucking serious. Yes. The Bucks, as an organization, are conspiring to... Prop up a terrible quarterback. Why? We legit believe this. I legit believe this, and I just believe, I believe that the piece of cheese that led us to this story was this weird book and this weird anonymous thing. But I actually think that it's just one cog in a huge conspiracy that includes whoever Jameis one of one is, Bruce Arians, the GM... The depth chart, Jameis himself. It doesn't. It doesn't add up. Prano's right. Like we're not even making a joke here. This doesn't add up. You have a quarterback who's led the NFL in turnovers for five straight years, who's not winning games for five straight years. 
It just uh, like we legit think this is a conspiracy, and we want to find out. Like I want to find out who's behind all this, and but, why is the big question. Why can you imagine if this got picked up? Like if we, if we broke, we are picking up. We are the story. This is a, th- that's why I'm saying we have to get to the bottom. But of I want to crack this. Yes, we so have that to. Crack. We have. That's why I'm. That's why we're talking about it. So that we have Anybody Adam Schefter there? and Ian Rappaport. Were, you know, fucking breaking news. Anybody on this. who has the ability out there to find out where somebody is tweeting from, where is the IP address that Jameis is tweeting from? Yes. Like, is this in Tampa? Is this in Raymond James Stadium? I'm not joking. I agree. I think that this weird nugget that we came across because this guy tweeted us, I think this was his fatal flaw. He tweeted at me. <laughs> About Jameis, and now we are going to expose. Wow. You are a member of the Tampa Bay Bucks in some regard. That's why you're anonymous. That's why you don't tweet during games. The person in charge of you having a propaganda campaign on the internet about Jameis is also the person telling J- Bruce Arians, defend Jameis at all costs. Get get on a podium and say that he is not responsible. How can Bruce Arians... I mean, I know Bruce Arians... Has, Wears a Kangol full time, but this is his worst look ever. He goes to press conferences and says a quarterback with four and five turnovers a week isn't responsible for those turnovers. It's wild. I've never seen anything like that. If you take all of these things separately, you can defend them. When you look at them all in one thing, it's the JFK conspiracy. It's like, could... Lee Harvey Oswald have gotten off four shots and two headshots in two and a half seconds, theoretically. But then he gets murdered the second he gets to jail. Then the guy who murders him gets murdered the second he gets to jail. Like when you take them all, yeah, could that happen? I guess. But when you look at them all together and the bullets, like Jameis one of one is Lee Harvey Oswald. Bruce Arians is the head of the CIA. This, the dirty sports couch, is the grassy hole. This is where this is. I am Kevin Costner. <laughs> and bring it all the way back around. Remember when you watched Kevin Costner? I'm not even Kevin Costner. Louisiana's own Amelia's Kevin Costner. Just like Kevin Costner's down there in New Orleans. Amelia's down there in New Orleans. Digging, digging, sniffing around. Hey, Millie's like, hey, Jack Ruby, post a picture of yourself with a fucking spoon, bro. This is wild. I'm telling you, I know people like move on. I'm like, this is, I need people who are into fucking hacking and shit. I agree. This guy we, is in the Bucks organization. We need to find the IP address because this is why, when, when I started watching the press conferences last night with Bruce Arians, I was blown away. I was like, is he under mind control? That's what I'm thinking. How this does is MK Ultra shit. How does a coach defend? Is that really Bruce Arians? Four turnovers. That's the question. Is that Bruce Arians? Or is that a bot? Is that a sim of Bruce? I don't know, man. Shit got wild. Absolutely wild. Can we talk about the Browns for a second? Yeah. How many games did the Browns win? The Browns are two and five. Uh, what, like, what a debacle. Who do you put this on most? Freddie Kitchens, I mean, I assume. They're just so sloppy. They were they had a potential throughout the first half of that Patriots game yeah. to be in that game. 100%. And every time they had a chance of being in that game, they gave it away. Yeah. It's really... 
I mean, look, the Baker thing is whatever. Like, I've never been like on. I've never been a Baker stand. I've never really been on the Baker train. I think I was pretty outright in saying that tr- taking Baker at one when you had the one and the four. Like, I was a diehard. That was terrible. That was a terrible move because you have five other quarterbacks you can take at four and you could have had Saquon Barkley. Now, Nick Chubb is fucking fantastic, but it can't, it's not all Baker and Freddie Kitchens. Like there's all there it's it's just they're just they're brownsing. But where do you go from here? Like 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 that's that's what I'm I'm already thinking. I'm already thinking next year and the years ahead. I'm just it's like you have all this talent Odell Beckham Jr. is on a historically low pace. All his numbers. He's not even on pace to have a thousand yards. I know. He has one touchdown. He's on Eli Manning is the problem with Odell. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna bring I Eli mean, into it. Eli Eli, that was that was part of the Eli thing was that I mean, Odell and Lil Wayne sat down and did the whole thing, right? That was like that was the thing that got really a ball rolling on Eli has to go. Now his receiver's not even defending him. Well, I don't know what they're going to... Look, the Freddie... Again, I was against the Freddie Kitchens hire. I said they should have hired Greg Williams. They, they went with the offensive coordinator. But it's not It's not just... Dude, Baker... You're year two. And I get it's he's still early in his career. But how many guys can you remember who've had this big of a regression from year one to two? Who were the number one overall pick? I can't remember. I off the top of my head, who's had like guys? He has six touchdowns of twelve interceptions, and yeah, I know I mean, I, that's and, and I know everybody's going to be like, oh, the drops, sure. The like the thing about drops is that's all going to fucking it evens like, out. It, right? it evens out a little bit. It's like yes, you can say, hey, Baker's not as bad as his numbers, but you can't say Baker's playing great quarterback. If not for the drops, yeah. Not I, I, you know, I'm a big believer in not all interceptions are the same. I absolutely am a big believer in that. But we're not talking about Baker. We're not. We're not seeing the Baker third and twenty five punt interception. Baker threw an interception to a defensive lineman yesterday. What the fuck was that? By the way, Baker didn't get a ball tipped at the line. Defensive lineman comes down with it. Baker didn't get. Uh, defensive lineman uh, drops back into his own scheme and Baker accidentally throws the ball to him. Baker threw a shovel pass to a defensive lineman. I'm sure you saw the gifts. It was the water boy. Yeah. (laughs) Bobby Boucher gets the football and doesn't know what to do and throws it to the other team. (laughs) I mean, he's awful. The numbers don't lie. Baker is, again, it's not just the interceptions. Completion percentage. Baker is arguably playing, really not arguably. Who's playing worse as a starting quarterback in the NFL right now? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, I haven't looked at all of the numbers, but he's throwing a bunch of interceptions. He's not winning games. He's not completing a higher percentage of passes. He's getting sacked a lot. I mean, he's playing worse than any other quarterback. We're, we're talking about a 
meteoric drop in his level of play. I wouldn't be shocked if they finished. They have an easy schedule the rest of the way. I looked at it. I would like. I wouldn't be. They're two and five. Would you be shocked if they eight and eight? No, I actually wouldn't be shocked. I'm projecting seven and nine. But again, my point is, where does that then take you next year? Yeah, I mean, that's why a, a little bit I put it on. I mean, not a little bit. I put it majority on Freddie Kitchens is like Baker. They're undisciplined as fuck, dude. Exactly. And, you know, it's crazy, but like this is this is the thing with we go back to Brissett, we go back to Frank Reich, and we go back to whatever is like Frank Reich's not asking Brissett to do too much. And that is working for them in terms of winning games. And that's working for them because he isn't the number one overall pick and blah, 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 blah. So you can you can have that approach. Now, again, I think that your quarterback needs to be able to take a game over and win games if you're going to win a Super Bowl. But we're not... We, no one was talking about Brown's Super Bowl. Well, irrational people were. Right. Like, I picked the Browns to win the division... But never was I like, oh, Baker Mayfield's a Super Bowl winning quarterback right now. Their defense is a Super Bowl winning defense right now. And that and that to me again is really in the NFL, it's Super Bowl or bust. But like when you're the Browns and a couple of years ago, you go 0 and 16, you get the first overall pick, you take Baker Mayfield, you get Odell, you get Landry last year, you get you have a good defense. You have Chubb. You get fucking uh, the dude from the Chiefs who will come back after suspension. Um, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. You have to say, this is the beginning of us building towards something, and that's why being 2-5 and five is a train wreck. Well, I know I sent you this, but here's an interesting uh, little rug nug that was taken from... Um, a tweet from a Twitter feed, New York Giants Daily. It's kind of crazy. Baker Mayfield versus Daniel Jones this season. Right. And Daniel Jones has played two last games. Daniel Jones, 1,466 passing yards. Baker Mayfield, 1,496. So they're only 30 yards apart. Daniel Jones, 10 touchdown passes. Baker Mayfield, four touchdown passes. Daniel Jones. Six touchdown passes. Yeah, sorry, six. Daniel Jones, seven interceptions. Baker Mayfield, 12. So, side-by-side, side, with two less games, Daniel Jones is playing way better. And Daniel Jones has lost a bunch of fumbles, and Daniel Jones hasn't been spectacular. But both teams have the same record. Yeah, and That's by the way, the the Browns have way more talent than the Giants. Way more especially talent. Especially on defense. Yeah, I agree. So, But that, I think that's an, that was an interesting side-by-side. Guys, there's no statistically there really isn't. There's no quarter. There's no starting quarterback who's played all seven or eight games who's playing worse than Baker Mayfield. There's just not. Who like who? Who's played all the games? Now I know a lot of the shitty teams have rotated quarterbacks, but I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton's played better than him. The Bengals are 0 seven. You look at Andy Dalton's numbers. He's played better than Baker Mayfield with a lot less talent. I mean, I'm just going to the like take a look to see if I'm forgetting anybody in particular. I mean, Darnold obviously has been playing awful. and But I'm talking to who's right, played all year. Yeah. 
Josh Allen's been better than him. I mean, Mason Rudolph is probably playing significantly better than him. But he's also, yeah, he's also hasn't played again all year either. I'm telling you, Baker Mayfield's playing the worst of any quarterback. Flacco. Okay, Flacco's probably up there. Big Trubisky has been bad, but he hasn't been Baker bad. He's not turning the ball over at that level. You you just can't win games like we were saying, guys. This isn't the old NFL. Aaron Rodgers has two interceptions. Like, the old days when Brett Favre was gunslinging, he'd have 15 interceptions in the year. Like, you just, you just cannot... You know why? Because back in the day, it didn't... Dude, when you turn the ball over in today's NFL, teams capitalize. Look what the Patriots did yesterday. The Browns were to- if the Browns don't turn the ball over, they're totally in that game. Instead, they're down 17 nothing like that. Yep. And even down 17 nothing they were in the game. They score, they go up 17-7, they have a ball, they have a chance to drive down and tie it. They don't tie it. Patriots come back 24. Yeah. It's crazy. You want to do some dirt ball calls? Sure. Is that is that everything you got? Because I don't have anywhere to be today, Andy. So if you want to fucking, if you want to go deep, you go deep. I mean, you know, obviously we didn't cover a lot of the games, but that's fine. We have our discussions, which I enjoy, and kind of let them go where they go. Uh, I think for sure some side, you know, quick hits. The the Falcons have to fire Dan Quinn at this point. Yeah, I mean, how do you not? I know, I know. A Super Bowl appearance along with, but like, again, I got burned on the Falcons. The Falcons are incredibly talented. They covered for us, though. Yeah. That's unbelievable. After that 24 nothing, was it 24 nothing they were down? Yeah. With Shab. Yeah, you got to fire him, right? They got to fire him. And I don't know what's going on in Chicago either. The Bears, I mean, like, Talk about a disappointing team. They're not going to make the playoffs. You know, no it's, fun, it's funny because, you know, you talk about Dan Quinn. He's a couple years removed from a Super Bowl, and they're, what, one and six? Yeah, or one and seven, whatever it is. Whatever. And the Bears have how many wins? Two? Three. Three. They're three and four. And, and no one's talking about Matt Nagy. And honestly, let me let me say something right now. I'm not a big fan of putting it all on the coach. I think I think a lot of times, especially in the NFL, coaches get fired. Uh, Pat Shermer has lost me as a as a fan and a defender because week in and week out, Giants games. I mean, again, Giants came back. They cover. They were in the game despite a horrific start. Week in and week out, he makes. Just some of the dumbest calls I've ever seen. Punting late in the game when they're, you know, within striking distance. Uh, Yesterday, there's a horrific pass interference call on fourth down. They go for it on fourth down in the end of the game. There's a horrific non-call on pass interference. Now, the NFL pass interference challenge rule is an abomination, and they should remove it immediately. Immediately. Do not wait for the offseason. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Uh, just eliminate it because you're just stealing challenge flags and timeouts from coaches because the egos on referees, they 
blow a call, and then they blow the replay call because they won't admit they're wrong. But that being said, Pat Schirmer doesn't throw the challenge. Like, I get it. You're not going to win. But also, the game is over if you don't challenge it. It's over. And he doesn't. He's, he's, he's taking those time home, timeouts home like he's fucking Andy Reid. Like, what are you going to do with it? The game's over. You have to challenge it. I've, Pat Schirmer has lost me. That was a fun game last night, though. Matt Moore played well. I watched it. Your boy, Airplane Zone legendary director and Packer fan, David Zucker's house. Oh, I bet he was happy. Yeah. He watches it on tape delay. He watches. He he pauses his game. And he starts it late. So I was, like, trying to stay off Twitter just so I didn't find out the score. So what what does he do? He starts it late. He skips through commercials. He skips through commercials. He skips through replays of the play. He... He goes from snap to snap. It's actually kind of remarkable. But he obviously he's not live tweeting or anything. So what time did you get to his house? 6.45. And he started the game? At 6.45. He was like waiting for me to arrive. Game started at 5.20. What a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's fun, though. Legendary. Legend. Oh, Hilarious yeah. guy. He's hilarious to be around. He's amazing. He's the most negative. He's more negative about the Packers than I am about New York Giants. I, he, he like, takes sports negativity to a new level, and I love it. I'm now aspiring to be more negative. He was just like, that's it. We're going to lose. <laughs> like, everybody, like third, third and four, they get three. He's like, that's it. Game's over. This always happens to the Packers. Got that pass Aaron Rodgers had, man. Incredible. And they, right after they were showing his flicking, his pregame flicking, who can make that pass? Not a ton of people. What on the run falling? Uh Mahomes, Mahomes. I think Russell Wilson can. Watson. Watson. Those are those were my list. Who are we missing? I mean, look, Danny Dimes has dropped a few dimes. Oh, might, be, come might, on. might be too early to say. Come on. Might be too early to say. I'm thinking of quarter, about, I'm thinking quarterbacks who are mobile. Yeah, talking about mobility and arm angle. Honestly, like even, even saying even saying Wilson and Watson is like we haven't seen it from down here yet. We haven't seen those guys like. Did you see that play Watson made after getting kicked in the face? Yeah, incredible. You have that on your list. You have quarterbacks. We take over Watson right now. Tug knows. I'll take all the white ones. Man, you and Tug. I mean, Tug straight up called me racist. He was joking. I hope so. But he kept bringing it up. I feel like you and Tug need to air it out, man. The, but the thing is, I said yesterday, there's nothing to air out. The airing it out is that there's a lot. It's, 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 it's what's called a wedge issue, right? Like Christians believe abortion is murder. And other people don't believe it's murder. Other people believe it's. So you're never going to convince somebody you're never going to convince like a religious person that women should have the right to choose. It's like the right to choose what murder or not murder. You're never going to convince somebody. You're never going to convince me. Tug's talking value and what he's worth and what they could do in this situation. And I'm just going, Hey man, if this is the three hitter on a baseball team and you know, Alex Bregman retires and you replace him with, 
80% of the player for 20% of the value. Yeah, fantastic. You did something. It's a 162-game season. The blah, blah, blah. Baseball players only so much. Replacing a quarterback on a contender that is a, you know, I mean, Andrew Luck was, whether you like it or not, on his way to being an all-timer. Statistically, uh, he was the, the best prospect, quarterback prospect ever came out. Taking a guy who was, you know, on his way to being a Hall of Famer and no doubt about it, a top five quarterback in the NFL on a team that I believed and was ready to claim a, you know, make a bold Super Bowl prediction on with a guy who, in my opinion, can't do it. You're just never going to get me to come on to that side of that line. I used to make this bet with one of my friends. He hated Barry Bonds. Hated him. Steroids, piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. So I would always, the last like five years of Barry Bonds' career, I'd make this bet on whether or not Barry Bonds would hit over 300. And every year he would try to like just get better odds out of me, better odds out of me. He's like, oh, you don't think there's any chance he doesn't? Like 15 to 1. I go, make it a million to 1. It doesn't matter. The guy's on steroids. The guy's one of the greatest hitters ever. They're pitching around him. He's only swinging at pitches he can hit. He's going to hit fucking 300. So 5 to 1, 10 to 1, 20 to 1, a million to 1. I don't care. You're wasting your money betting against him here. Hit him all you want. I'm going to win this bet. So you, I'm just looking at it as like going like, we're basically betting straight up here. It may as well be a 1 to 1 bet. Yeah. Oh, 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 so if I bet you 10,000 to 1, yeah, I'll bet you $5, bro. If I lose, I'll give you 50 grand. It's like it's not going to happen. I just don't you're never going to convince me. I am a Christian right now that believes abortion is murder. You're never going to convince me that Jacoby Brissett can play four fucking well, games in a row. He can if he does it. He can if he does it. Or three games. Who knows? They could get a bye. They could get a bye. All right, let's get to some dirtball calls. Let's bust out the old hotline. Let's see what we got today. Uh, well, you know, let, let's... Uh, do we do we want to continue this? Somebody made a call about Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if I want to continue this. Last week, you were all... Uh... You 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 you, ha- you made the guy. Is this guy gonna make me say I'm wrong? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Is that where we're at here? No, it's 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 somebody. I, th- I think we've we've played this out enough, and I'm sure we'll continue to have this discussion. Oh, now I'm seeing it on the fucking rundown. Backing Prano on Jacoby Brissett. Oh, this one we're skipping over. Fucking doing Halloween five days out and skipping Brissett calls at this point. Okay, I'll play the goddamn call. That was that was. That was some Tampa Bay Bucks level conspiracy shit right there. You were trying to sneak by. Oh, hey, this is Gage, Minnesota Dirtball, longtime listener, first time caller. I wanted to call in and make comments on the Jacoby Brissett situation. How stoned is this guy? Yeah, by I love the way. it. I don't know what any of y'all are talking about on Joe having to take an L on this or. Or admit that he was wrong. What was he wrong about? Jacoby Brissett's played uh, like a season and a half of games, and he's thrown for 5,000 yards and like 25 touchdowns. There's nothing special, super special about the guy that we've seen yet. Um, Yeah, maybe we could get more than a season out of him before we start talking about shit. Like, 
Blake Bortles threw 35 touchdowns that season. That's about what Cody Brissett's got now. I live in Minnesota. We had Sam Bradford. He had a five-game stretch where people were calling him the MVP of the league. So I pumped the brakes on Jacoby Brissett a little bit. But, yeah, uh, condoms are for Joe Flacco. He's... Um, look, man, I, I'm not anointing Jacoby Brissett myself an MVP or anything. You're saying you are is your record. I'm just saying he, dude, he's playing. Look, the team is five and two. He's putting up decent numbers. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And you did call him trash. He's not trash. That's what the caller... So, dude, I don't think you listened to the call. Prano in the preseason, you did verbatim call Jacoby Brissett trash. He's not trash. He's just not trash. Is Case Keenum trash? I, I just I just want to know, is Case Keenum trash? No, I would not call Case you Keenum trash. You wouldn't call trash. Case Keenum trash? No. Okay. Case Keenum has been trash for the Redskins this year. Yeah or nay? You... By the way, I'm not calling Case Keenum trash either, but Case Keenum has or has not been trash for the Redskins this I'll, year. I'll be honest. I mean, I, he got benched for Dwayne Haskins and Colt McCoy. I know, but I'll be honest. Uh, I don't fully know his numbers. Okay. He's been trash for the Redskins this year. He also was awesome on the Vikings. And their record was great. And they beat the Saints on the miracle play. And then he got fucking exposed in Philadelphia. And then the Minnesota Vikings moved on from him for Kirk Cousins. Which is a debatable move. Certainly a debatable move. I wouldn't have extended Keenum, that's for sure. But you yourself said last week that he's not trash. You said it. Yeah. That's great. I'm just saying being in a good being on a good team it helps anybody. Agreed. Yeah, right. it, hel- it helps anybody. Like Jacoby Brissett did look like trash when the Colts weren't as good. He got sacked 50 times. Yeah. Andrew Luck didn't look trash on that team. Andrew Luck had some bad years, man, when they were bad. Get you a Brissette jersey, brah. Get get me in in the fucking get me a Tampa Bay Bucks one because that's what will be in two years when oh. when when they fucking smoke out the rat inside the Bucks organization, and and Frank Wright goes, fuck, we gotta pay Quentin Nelson quarterback money. I can't wait to expose this guy down in Tampa. Okay, let's continue the quarterback discussion with uh, some other stuff. Hey, what's up, Joe and Andy? Uh, it's your uh, local Washington dirt ball stuck in Connecticut. Um, I have a quick question for you guys. Um, if you had to choose between any of three backup quarterbacks right now, uh, who would you choose to trade to the Chicago Bears? Uh, a, Ryan Fitzpatrick, B, Marcus Mariota, or C, Cam Newton? I feel like any of these three would be a an upgrade to Mitchell Trubitsky, but uh, I'm curious to see what you guys take is. So uh, stay dirty and uh, keep it coming. Um, this is it's a good question. It's kind of a wild 
scenario, it, it first of all, I mean, the Bears should be thinking about something like this, right? I know who I'd take. But there's there's pros and cons for all of them, and I honestly don't know where I rank any of them. Fitzpatrick, like... If you have a good defense, you don't want a guy who turns the ball over. So who is that? That's Fitzpatrick for Okay. Me. So he's he's out. Okay. So you're taking Fitzpatrick out for turnovers, which is what I was going to say, too. More loose with the ball, yeah. but also a better passer than the other two. Cam and, Cam and Mariota, you're able to play a style that's closer to what the Bears play now, RPO. Yes. yes. Right? But Cam, with the defense, Cam is also less accurate. If Cam is healthy, I go Cam. But even healthy Cam, like, again, we're talking about the the way the game is played in 2019. Healthy, like, when was healthy Cam the 66% passer guy? Last year. Okay. He finally did. Well, he did it under, uh, you know, North Turner came over. So are you going Cam in this situation? I am. Because honestly, I don't hate Mariota either when you look at, not turn like be not turn the ball over guy be run pass option guy. The Titans are two and zero without Mariota. Yeah, no, I look, I get it, but also the Bears defense is crazy. the The Titans did win a playoff game with Marcus Mariota and I, a good defense and a good running game. I still go Cam if Cam's healthy. Cam has playoff experience. He's been to a Super Bowl. He won an MVP. Mariota has never even come close to the level of Cam. As far as Cam's, so you're ranking ability. them Cam, Mariota. I'd probably go Patrick. No, I'd probably go Cam Fitz Mariota. I'm not a big Mariota guy. He's accurate. You know what Mariota needs? He needs a Marcus one of one <laughs> account in Tennessee to save his job. I mean. The thing about Mariota is, it, like, I'm I'm torn on whether or not Mariota like goes to the Bears with that like with an offensive genius and is like the no, player everybody thought he was supposed to be. Now he's not an offensive genius, right? I'm, I'm so, I know, I'm, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just, but but again, my thing, guys. Whether we're talking Mariota, I'm going Fitz Magic, let's go. Bears to the Super Bowl. Give him a fucking headband. Let him Jim McMahon it. Fitz. Miss Mariota's fifth. By the way, turn the ball over a little bit. Fuck, who cares? It's Mariota's fifth year. This is the argument on all these guys. This is Jameis Winston's fifth year. We're, we're, talking, we're not talking their second. We're not talking Baker Mayfield, who I'm still like, well, we'll see what happens. It's his second year. It's his fifth year. Like, I have enough stats. I have enough eye evidence. Like, this is your fifth year, man. But, like, I, I just, I don't know. Dude, think of one. I'm serious. What quarterback has just suddenly blown up after their fifth year? Right. No. I mean, it's, it, but, but again, Marcus Mariota did win a playoff road game in Kansas City. Yeah. He won a playoff road game, won the AFC South. But I just, again, I don't know, man. You just, you see, you see enough by, like that's why there's so much flaws in this argument. Like that, that, and I hate to keep coming back to it, but you know whatever Tampa Bay Buccaneer employee is running Jameis one of one always brings up Brett Favre. Brett Favre, the comparison. 
guess what Brett and and I get it. It's a team game. But guess what Brett Favre did in his fifth year? He won the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, yeah, and the guy always brings up like Dan Fouts. Like Dan, no, no NFL team wants Dan Fouts right now or Joe Namath. Yeah. Nobody wants a guy who's going to throw more picks than he's going to throw touchdowns. Yeah. No one wants a guy who's going to get gaudy yardage stats and never win football games. Like Dan Fouts is an antiquated quarterback. Yeah. The the like the end. All right, let's let's get to a couple more calls. What's up, guys? Corbin from Colorado. I always call in to ask questions about the Chiefs, so here's another one. Is Travis Kelsey in the GOAT talk for tight end? I know it's early, but he's got to be up there, and he's definitely the best tight end in the game currently. Let me know what you guys think. Stay dirty. I mean, he's got a long way to go. I'm, I'm just, I just want to pull it up because I want to see tight ends all time. I mean, guys, we're talking Tony Gonzalez all time. Off the top of my head, is I'm pretty sure top three in receptions, both like all time receptions, receivers and tight ends. Same thing for touchdowns. Jason, I mean, Jason Witten. I mean, Antonio Gates. Rob Gronkowski. Travis Kelsey has played, this is his, what would that be, his sixth season or his seventh season? 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Seven, seventh season. He's currently got 452 receptions. Now, that's pretty good. 452. Witten has, has 1,200, and he's in, you know, year 17 or whatever. So Tony Gonzalez is 1325. The bottom line is there's a lot of guys when you look at Gates, Witten, Gonzalez. Those guys are top 20 all-time in receptions. All-time. All-time. Receivers and Receivers and tight ends. Yeah. yeah. So you got to catch Gates in receptions. You got to pass 17 in receptions. All, I mean, let's be honest. All time, it's it's a longevity question as well. That's why I say, like, fucking kill yourself when you called last year and said Rob Gronkowski is the best tight end of all time. It's like, you've also got to be able to do it for a while. Yeah. You've just got, like... You know, you know what's funny about the the Gronkowski argument, and it's always coming from the Patriots fan, is they brag about how many years their quarterback has played. Right. But then it doesn't matter when they talk about their tight end. It just doesn't make sense. Right. So Tom Brady's, and, by the way, and it does matter, Tom Brady has only had one injury, you know, injured season where he shredded his knee. That's one of the greatest things about Brady, his consistency. They're, you know, like... When we did when, when I did the Kobe Bryant shot challenge, there there was a lot of goat thrown around the next day. A lot of goat, the goat. How did he do it? He's the goat. Listen, am I proud of that performance? Yeah, I am. Am I the goat drinker? There's a guy at the Cock and Bull <laughs> who has had 17 beers every day for the last 60 years of his life. That guy's the goat. Quietly, day in and day out, consuming. 2,000 calories and, you know, 
however many percent alcohol. Like, the guy has been crushing Guinness for 60 years. He's been crushing more Guinness than I drink on any given night for more days than I've been alive and then some. Yeah. I ain't the goat, man. That dude's the fucking goat. You got to do it well and you got to do it long. If Travis Kelsey plays 20 years, 15 years, if if he does what he's doing for seven, for 15, 16, 17. Yeah. But, man, that's a that's a big ask. Probably not happening. But good luck to him. I like Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's a great player. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's a great player. I'm just saying, like, I don't think people really— Just dismissing him. No, I'm not dismissing him. I don't think people realize how long and how good Tony Gonzalez played. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, there's Tony Gonzalez, then there's everyone else. Like, I think he's that good. Yeah. He was that good for that many years. I mean, I'm already seeing a comment in the YouTube. It's like, it's wild. The Gronk fans just creep out. He was an all-around tight end. Yeah, Gronk was, but he didn't play that long. I, I, I don't get why that is so hard for people to understand. And he guys. didn't stay on the field, guys. He, he didn't stay on the field. How many? Like this, I'm, I'm, I'm getting annoyed right now. This whole argument. I don't care what fucking sport it is. You have to play the games. End of story. If you're not on the basketball court, if you're not on the baseball field, if you're not on the football field, if you're not on the field, you're not in the equation. You're just not. And like I've said, Jesus. And like I've said. And this is some. This is the Joe Prano injury theory that I think gets one of my many great theories that I think gets washed over and pushed under the rug. Your stats are what you do when you're on the field and what your replacement does when you're not on the field. Tony Romo, Eli Manning was never as good as Tony Romo unless you consider the fact that John Kitna was in for three games at the end of every season for a while. The quarterback production of the Dallas Cowboys in those years was Tony Romo and Matt Castle and John Kitna and fucking Drew Henson and whoever. The quarterback production from the New York Giants those years was Eli Manning. The tight end production of the San Diego Chargers for the better part of two decades was Antonio Gates. The tight end production from the New England Patriots was Gronk and his replacement. End of story. Gronk is a Gronk played in the Super Bowl against the Giants and he got out jumped because his fucking back was hurt. Well, that's part of the deal, man. It, it's just You it, are it, you are yourself and your replacement. That's why I demand Tug replace me on this show. This seat has a standard that has to be met. It's just wild to me. Like, like people come in. I, I love Andrew Slater, and I love Brand Tobler, and I love Matty Goldberg back in the game. But look, we need to have a fucking Joe Montana, Steve Young situation over here. This seat has a standard that has to be upheld. That's why I say this is my official replacement. Every once in a while, it's fun to get fucking Yoshi in here running the porn wildcat. <laughs> the porn wildcat. I just don't get this argument. 
when you're not on the field. I just don't get it. It go, Again, it goes for all sports. If you're not playing, you're not helping your team. And if you play a style of play when you are playing that leads you to not help your team by getting hurt, that it's a factor. It's a it's like a hundred percent a factor. Tony Romo's bones aren't more brittle than Eli Manning's. Ben Roethlisberger's bones aren't more brittle than Philip Rivers. Those guys play a style of play that puts them in contention for being injured. Tug might think that like. I think Cam Newton's bones are softer because of, like, sickle cell or something. But I think it's because he runs the fucking option. And he's running off tackle. It's hard not to hurt your shoulder when you're a fucking tailback. And that is a factor in Cam Newton as a player. Cam Newton is great because he runs the ball. Cam Newton gets hurt because he runs the ball. It's so important to be on the field in the NFL because it's so hard. It's not easy to do. You see it week in and week out. Guys not playing. I mean, look, look at the Packers right now. Where's J.J. Watt? Well, I'm glad you brought him. Like, that's the thing. I was going to bring up Devontae Adams for, for the Packers, but how much he would have helped the Packers recently. Year but, in and year out, J.J. Watt hurts something different. Well, The dude's got a bionic arm on. He's got a pectoral muscle. He's got a shoulder. He's got a knee. Three out of his last four years, J.J. Watt has been placed on the injured reserve list. Three out of his last four after he didn't miss a game his first five years. Guys, he's not helping the team. He's just not. He's helping the team when he's out there. He's great when he's out there. But now when he's not out there, he's the same cap number. And he's got a backup playing this position. I don't. Why is that so hard for people to understand? I just don't get and, it. And and by the way, there's something about what Watt's doing. Watt's a big fucking dude. Is Watt carrying too much weight? Is he lifting too many fucking tires in the off season? Is he playing too much? Fuck? Like, I know that a lot of shit is luck, but a lot of shit is not luck too. Tom Brady has a fucking you know Latino handmaiden that fucking jerks him off in a you know a, a, some sort of sauna and mouth kisses his children and sucks the souls of the young whatever but he's figured it out he's figured out how to stay on the field at 45 years old there's a there's a guy who's massaging the underside of his dick in a hyperbaric chamber prior to fucking playoff games that has sideline passes and they've created their own method yeah. It's, you know, is it legal? Is it, you know, something you even want to see? I mean, everyone, not, everyone, like, everyone has their own method. There's the yeah. Tom Brady method. There's the Philip Fudge and Rivers method. He never misses games. He All he does is procreate. That's his method. Pump out kids, don't swear, and that will keep him healthy on the field. And, you know, there was a, there was a thing a couple of years ago. I said this. I, I bring it up with Eli Manning all the time, but it goes for Peyton Manning as well. There was a thing. I forget how many years back it was, four or five years back now, where Archie Manning basically said he had to learn. His, his life was in jeopardy every time he played for the Saints. They were so bad. He was running around. He's like, I had to figure out a way to survive. And he talks about this thing that he would do on plays where those third and longs where it was like, he's like, we're going to punt anyway. He would short arm balls and protect himself on the follow through. And he's like, I taught my boys to do that. 
because that's when you get fucking hurt. Like going to launch one and somebody gets you right here and you, your, your, your arm gets torn out of the socket. And he even said, like, we don't, we don't have different, you know, physical makeup. I've just taught them how to protect themselves. I have found it interesting, guys who will always stay on the field and guys who can never stay on the field. Like, it isn't coincidence. No. Don't put yourself in reckless positions. R.I.P. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> but even Lamar does a great job of uh, avoiding big hits. And Daniel Jones has done a great job in running the ball and avoiding big hits. But that, the, 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 the problem is, and I cringe every time Daniel Jones does it, it's like it is a, it is a raffle. Like one out of a hundred, you, you get, don't see a guy. You're getting nailed. And you're getting fucking your bell rung. What what did my coach call it? And, and did you guys ever use this term, slobber knocker? No, <laughs> that's a slobber knocker over there. Slobber knocker is what TJ's getting when he sneaks into dorm rooms and the cucks are all out at the fucking Colts game. <laughs> he's like he's fucking he's Tim out in his fucking Bridgewater jersey again. Yeah, how about a quick slobber knocker before I move on to Stacy's room? Take your fucking pants off. <laughs> Coming to Pornhub, Slobberknockers 6, starring TJ. Cuck cam porn. All right, that's the show. We've gone on long. It's two-plus hours. Guys, hotline, 310-359-8365. YouTube, subscribe. Instagram, Twitter, follow, at The Dirty Sports. iTunes review, drop one, leave your Instagram or Twitter handle, get you a follow back. It's that simple. At Joe Prano on Instagram, it's all that matters. At Fix Your Life on Twitter, JoePrano.com for shows. Tomorrow night, I'll be at Dynasty Typewriter uh, doing a compilation album recording called Valentine's Day is for Suckers. Uh, so come out to that if you're in L.A. Uh, week before Thanksgiving, back in Tahoe. Uh, week of Thanksgiving, um, I will be headlining a show, Lucy's Laugh Lounge in Pleasantville, New York, the best night of the year. Uh, we do it on Thanksgiving Eve. We don't do it on the Tuesday. We don't do it on the Monday. We don't do it on the Sunday before. We don't do it the prior Tuesday. We do it the night before. Best day of the year. Come out and see me headline Lucy's Laugh Lounge. I'll also be in New Jersey that week hosting a show at the uh, Morristown Performing Arts Center. And uh, all my other shows, JoePrano.com. Go there. Look it up. Yeah, and if you want to celebrate Halloween with me, I'll be doing it all week, guys. Yeah. So hit me up. And also, if you want to donate to the Patreon so Ruther can get his Lieutenant Dangle costume dry clean six times this week, it's patreon.com forward slash the dirty sports. Dirty sports. Dirty sports. Yeah. The, the dirty is for Ruther's Halloween costume. You, you think I'm doing this thing? It's not like I'm sweating in it. You know, it's, it's nice fall weather for us out here. The nice fall breeze with that smoke smell in the air. Anyway, guys, that is the show. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. And most importantly, stay dirty.